Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Update, Brandify's podcast where we focus on recent changes and updates in the local search space in order to help you prepare for the week ahead. I'm Dustin Hayes, Director of Marketing at Brandify, and I'm joined by my co-host, Damian Rawlson, Brandify's VP of Market Developments and Strategic Partnerships. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump into your weekly update. Hello. In our first item for this week, there are two new studies from uh, the people over at Sterling Sky talking about factors that do or do not impact your GMB ranking. So the first study comes from Joy Hawkins, and she looked at the impact on um, SEO effectiveness of an attorney client who had previously worked with an SEO firm that built out a bunch of service area pages in an attempt to get the business to rank for searches for this service plus this location. But because these pages had a lot of duplicate content, really the only difference between them being the uh, the location um, that is was identified, little information on the pages that was of value to the searcher and very few inbound links, uh, Hawkins found that they were in fact hurting the client's ranking more than they helped. So the strategy of merely getting rid of these low value service plus location pages caused the client's rankings to improve dramatically, underlining the fact that just building out a bunch of subpages for your additional services, additional product lines, additional service areas, whatever the case may be, that's only going to help you if those pages provide actual value to the user. Uh, In another study, Colin Nielsen, also of Sterling Sky, showed that identity attributes can help you rank in local searches. So uh, he cites a recent article by Hawkins that asserts that the only GMB features up to that point that directly related to ranking were business name, categories, your website, and reviews. But he says we can now add attributes related to business ownership or identity to that list. Uh, These are identifies as black owned, identifies as veteran led and identifies as women led. So in his research, Nielsen showed that the use in particular of the attribute identifies as women led caused businesses to appear prominently in searches related to that attribute, such as women paralegal. Uh, In the local packs that were triggered by these searches, the listings where that attribute was enabled appeared with a special icon and the text of the attribute directly in the local pack result. A surprisingly lengthy debate cropped up on Twitter the other day about the value, or lack thereof, of the domain authority metric, a proprietary measurement of website authority developed several years ago by Moz. Domain authority ranks a website's strength largely through backlink analysis on a scale of 0 to 100. But as Barry Schwartz notes emphatically in his write-up, domain authority has nothing to do with Google ranking and is not looked at or referenced by Google in any way. Still, the blogger who started the debate argued many publishers and brands use domain authority heavily as a measurement of the value of blogs and other publications. This is a circular problem for bloggers since brands use domain authority to evaluate whether it's worth sharing the very links that would increase a blog's domain authority. But the larger point is that Moz's metric is both overused and misunderstood in a way that even Moz's Dr. Pete Myers 
weighing in on Twitter, agreed is unfortunate. It should not be used as a proxy for actual website ranking or popularity, but rather as merely one among many tools used to measure the potential to rank well. Myers suggested traffic or mentions or a handful of quality partnerships as all being more relevant than domain authority for conveying a site's actual reach. Next, we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the controversy around Rand Fishkin's zero-click reports. So as you may be aware, Rand Fishkin has a couple of reports, one in 2019 and one uh, just in March of this year, claiming uh, in the first report that over half of Google search results resulted in no clicks to any third-party website. And in March, he updated uh, that finding with a new study, which said that over 64% of the time, searches resulted in no click. Again, no click to a third party website. This has been dubbed a zero click search results. Although of course, there could be clicks to other things like clicking to call a business, for example. Uh, the findings were controversial from the beginning. After he published his uh, findings in, in in March, there were uh, uh, there was a rebuttal from directly from Google's Danny Sullivan uh, in Search Engine Journal. There was a write up from Roger Monty uh, reporting on the Google response and offering its own critique. And now we have an article also in Search Engine Journal from uh, Jeff Ferguson of Amplitude Digital, which is called. Quote, we need to stop quoting misleading zero-click search studies. So Ferguson's argument is very detailed. I can't really address all of it in this uh, in this mention here, but uh, just a couple of highlights. He uh, he cites uh, Roger Monty's earlier objections, which claim that Fishkin is using data that is not representative of all Google searches, but rather a limited non-random sample of the searches that he was able to acquire either through JumpShot in 2019 or similar web in 2021. So for example, the JumpShot results were based on activity of users of Avast antivirus on Android and PC. So no iPhone and no non-Avast users. Uh, Ferguson also cites several studies throughout his article that have conclusions that would appear to contradict some of the specific details of Fishkin's report. And he also takes issue uh, with Fishkin's definition of zero click. Uh, To sum up both of those objections, for instance, he cites a 2013 study which found that 70% of mobile searchers click to call a business from search results. Um, I assume he means mobile searchers who are looking for business contact information. Uh, So I encourage you to read the piece and also Sullivan's uh, uh, post on the Google blog and Monty's uh, response as well. Um, I think all of these critiques are healthy. My own take on this is that none of these criticisms of Fishkin's findings really undermine the fundamental insight that a large and growing number of Google queries are fulfilled by Google's own results. So whether that number is 51% or 64%, studies differ in their findings every day, but the conclusion holds, I think, and the trend is significant, uh, though, of course, we should subject any specific claims to uh, close scrutiny. The intrepid Phil Rozek tends to write pieces that tackle some of the toughest local SEO problems. His latest deals with what you can do if you accidentally delete your GMB listing and thereby lose all your reviews. 
This may seem hard to do, but Rozak tells the sad tale of an associate who found out that after deleting his G Suite account to move to a different email provider, discovered that his GMB listings and its 60 reviews were suddenly gone too. Rozak writes, though, that Google reviews are never completely safe and never completely gone, explaining that the correct resolution path in this case is to create a new GMB listing with exactly the same contact information as the one that was lost. Then contact GMB support and explain the problem in detail, following their instructions until the old reviews are restored. Rozek was able to help get all 60 reviews back in this case. He cautions that this resolution path is not the same as the one you should follow if you lose reviews, but still have access to your GMB listing. But the larger point is that lost reviews can often be recovered with the help of GMB support. Next, just following up from the news last week that GMB has added a new food ordering tab for restaurants, uh, wanted to follow up on that and mention that we are also seeing the food ordering tab uh, being live for uh, businesses in the grocery store categories. So both grocery stores and restaurants have food ordering uh, enabled, uh, should be for every business that has either of those categories or uh, any relevant uh, subcategory. The the details are slightly different, though, between restaurants and grocery stores. Both of them have the prompt to use Google's The Ordering app to enable uh, ordering directly in search, uh, but that is optional. It's not required to, to turn on online ordering uh, at all. Um, the uh, the call out for um, the uh, online ordering is a little bit different though for for grocery stores where it says in uh, and I quote activate your button by partnering with approved third party providers or signing up for the ordering app and creating an online ordering page. So this makes it clear that whereas restaurants can list their own ordering platforms and can also mark them as preferred for either takeout or for delivery or both, grocery stores must still work with a third party like Instacart or Postmates, at least for the time being. But they do have access to this food ordering tab and can at least enable food ordering uh, for their locations. And lastly, Darren Shaw's latest White Spark Weekly video makes a valiant case for the lowly citation, the neglected stepchild of local search. In Shaw's only local search ranking factor survey for 2020, a great number of local SEOs reported that citations were unimportant or much less important than they used to be. Shaw counters by saying that local citations are still a fundamental ranking factor, but are now taken for granted. He also notes that, whereas citation building alone used to be able to get a business ranked highly in local results, now it's just one of many factors including reviews, website optimization, and GMB completeness. In addition, it takes a long time, perhaps up to a year and a half, to see the full value of citation building to come to fruition, due in large part to the time it takes to get Google to get around to indexing lower value directories with millions of pages. Shaw has a few other rationales for the value of citations and some recommendations on how to include citation building in your 2021 local SEO strategy. That's a wrap on this week's updates. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check us out on Brandify.com and the Brandify blog, where you can find more information about the topics we've covered here today. You can also subscribe to the weekly update on your favorite podcast service so you never miss an episode. I'm Dustin Hayes, along with Damian Rawlison, and we'll see you next time on the weekly update.